And then my favorite thing about dressage is old horses. It gives them suppleness, and that adds up to longevity. And since we're humans, and it's going to take us forever to figure out how to ride horses, uh, it would be good if they lived a long time and gave us a chance to get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Come Along for the Ride, a podcast for horse lovers everywhere. I'm your host, Tracy Malone, and this podcast is brought to you from my home in the Sanford Valley in the northwest of Brisbane, Australia. This land I live on is Waka Waka and Turrible country. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and to pay my respects to their ancestors, past, present and future. And I'd also like to extend that respect to each and every one of you listening. I've been thinking a lot lately about the impact we have on horses as their owners and riders and I wanted to highlight that in this episode. So, I've gone back over the interviews I've done since the beginning of this podcast and I've selected what I believe are some pearls of wisdom. The main reason I want to do this is to get you thinking more about the impact we have on horses. Like I said before, I've been pondering it a lot and I wanted to open the conversation with you guys because I know you're on the same path as me. This is how we as humans influence horses in their body and function. This is not even in our training methods or the feed we give them or where we house them, so to speak. This is about us directly, how our body and emotions affect the body and emotions of our horse. In this episode, my intention is not to make it too long, not to talk too much myself or go into my own story. These incredible horse people say it so beautifully. My hope is that these words will stay with you and really get you considering the things they speak of. Anna Blake from Relaxed and Forward is from Colorado Prairie in the US. And just like she said in the intro, we're human and it's going to take us forever to figure out how to ride horses. It would be good if they lived a long time and gave us a chance to get it right. The first thing I'd like you to consider are the very wise words of Andrea Datz. Andrea is from Integrative Horsemanship and lives in Fruita, Colorado in the US. What they, what Jin started and, and all of the horses that I have here keep perpetuating is this thing of saying, you know, dig deeper and find what is it in you that inspires us to want to follow you and be with you, that inspires us to, to follow your lead without the need for any kind of coercion or bribery. Or... So now's a really great time to ask yourself this question. I wonder if you're going to pause the podcast and ask yourself this. Or maybe you can take a week or so to let it sink in and see what you really come up with. Here are some really wise words from Donna Anderson from One Horse Life Australia in New Zealand, who lives in Brisbane, Australia. It's about knowing me, calmness, knowing me, and dropping all my tensions and my excitement and my nerves and knowing who I am. And then the passion can come through. Once you start to unblock all the things that are holding you back, you're free to be who you want to be with your horse. Tanya Bevilacqua from Mindfully Mounted and Fit, who lives in Montrose, Pennsylvania in the US, knows for sure how much influence we have on horses. But she also asks us to consider this misconception a lot of us have. I used to have this misconception. I wonder if you did too. Another misconception people have is because they're a horse. 
They automatically know how to move. They automatically know how to stay upright and in balance. And they're in one with nature. That is only the case with anybody, whether it's an animal or person, in my opinion, when it's aligned and working the way it was designed. If that's not happening, you've got a nervous system that's not working properly. They can go around the same way, not being conscious about what they're doing. They're just trying to stay upright and not hurt. So we need to build not only our horse's strength and balance as an individual, we then need to build our own strength and balance as an individual. And then we need to build both our horses and our own strength and balance to support and flow with each other once we are in the saddle. And why do we do this? Well, once again, Andrea Datz from Integrative Horsemanship says it so beautifully. When we sit on a horse's back, we're sitting right over their center of gravity. We have an enormous amount of power when we sit over their center of gravity. We can think that we have a horse's cooperation, but the truth is, or that the horse is responding willingly. So when I see people riding bareback and bridleless and they're saying, oh, this is great because the horse has a choice. They have a voice because there's no bridle. There's no saddle. Yeah, but you're still sitting over their center of gravity. You have an enormous amount of influence when you sit on them and work over their center of gravity. I think it takes an enormous amount of consciousness to be able to ride a horse with or without tack and not take their voice away. So I think it's really important that we, we learn from the ground how to become captivating and interesting and have horses who are following us willingly so we know what that feels like and what it looks like before we climb on their back. And then, of course, in my opinion, we shouldn't be getting on unless we're invited. It really gets you thinking, doesn't it? Angela Davison, who is the horse herbalist from Lismore in New South Wales, Australia, knows when she speaks to the higher self of the horse, if the horse is carrying issues from the owner or rider. Maybe this horse's problem isn't all the horse's problem. Perhaps it's the rider's. The rider's rated pretty average or poorly. That's when I extrapolate out and see if the horse finds the rider calm, clear and consistent. And if they don't, well, then when we have the phone consultation, we need to talk about that and see where the rider's up to. Trying to make things easier for everyone so, so they've got healthy, happier horses. I'm consistently hearing here that we can never underestimate the impact we have on all levels of our horse's well-being. Here's another gem from Anna Blake. Now he moves happily with his nose, you know, a little bit out from vertical. And so, you know, I'm just thrilled with him because I think, you know, the body language that a horse shows us has as much to do with their emotions as our body language has to do with ours. We'll get more into that in a moment. But first, let's hear from Callie King from CRK Training. And she speaks here of how a minor adjustment changed her horse's canter almost immediately. Callie's trainer works with the Feldenkrais method. So she's able to see in Callie the tiny postural changes that need to be made to change the horse's movement considerably. It'll just be the smallest, smallest little shift. Like, for example, one of the lessons that I had with her, she was working with me on having me get a little bit wider in my rib cage and using the idea of thinking about kind of pulling my sternum slightly forward in order to find that. 
And just that little tiny movement, I mean, it was probably an eighth of an inch actual movement in my ribcage. My horse's canter was very noticeably lighter and different than you know, five minutes before when we were going around. So it's just those little tiny, even the tiniest things can have a huge change. There's an ongoing conversation about tack in the horse world and how it affects the horse. I really love what Andrea Datz has to say about this. So any connection I have, if the horse has a bit in his mouth and I have my hands on the reins, that connection is there only for me to feel where he's at in his balance. And then any change I make is happening in my own body to support him. So it's been this amazing experience of feeling it's almost like they're floating above the bit when everything is in balance. Andrea also goes to another level with how we affect our horses. Have you considered your horse's body language as a clear indication of their emotional state before? Helping them understand that anything their horse does is simply feedback about what the horse thought you said. or how the horse felt about what you said, or how the horse is feeling and they're trying to tell you how they feel. So a lot of work with body language-based and movement-based communication. Mel Fleming from Connecting with Horses and Riding with Synchronicity has a lot to say on the depth of the horse and the physical response they have on an emotional state of both horse and rider. So now when we talk about the body getting the body right, a lot of times that's going to go back to deeper emotional issues in the horse, which is one of the reasons why the horses have those body issues. So when the horse has got anxiety, fear, any sort of stress, the horse is holding anger or resentment, all of those emotional issues are very commonly the cause of the issues in the body. Wow. So it takes us back to that deeper emotional and spiritual level again. Mm, it's, it's, it's a cycle. Yep. And then the other aspect which it adds, adds to it all is that a lot of the times those emotions that the horses have, they're mirroring the people around them. Mm. So they're mirroring that the, the person's holding anger, they're mirroring the person's holding resentment, they're mirroring or showing up the person's grief or depression. So again, that just takes us to a whole different level of looking at, at the horsemanship. There really, really is so much to consider and there's so much depth in us and there's so much depth in our horses. But the really great thing about this type of work with horses is that if we continue to grow and we continue to dig deep, we too can have the type of moment, this moment I'm going to play you now, that Kim Wallness from The Way of the Horse, who lives in Milford Square, Pennsylvania in the US, had with her champion horse, the Grey Goose. I lit out of air like a house on fire. And Gray was thrilled because I wasn't trying to slow him down anywhere. He, we just ran like the cowboys were after us. And, <laughs> wow. and it was so exhilarating, Tracy. Every jump came up and flowed. It was just, we were so, we were in that zone. 
mm -hmm. of where everywhere we're just one being working toward the same thing and the horses were coming in tired and exhausted and grave just flew through the finish flags as fast as he did when he left he we he was amazing working together as one being it sounds pretty fantastic doesn't it one thing left to consider is the words of the wonderful Mosey Truitt from Liberty Horsemanship in the US. We've come so far with horsemanship. I've watched it changed over the years. I love doing this podcast and bringing this type of horsemanship to the world stage. But we've still got a long way to go. And all of the people I interview say the same thing about it. We have come a long way, but there's more. There's more that we can do and there's more that we're finding out. And this very thought is the thing that excites me. I feel like I'm very much in a transitional place right now where I'm starting to learn and change even more. And I'm really excited. The shift is still happening and it's still deepening. And I think it's an exciting place to be wherever you are with your horsemanship journey to know that it's always going to be changing and it's always going to be deepening. And that's kind of the beauty of it. And that is the beauty of it. I told you it was going to be a short one today. I want you to ponder that and get in touch with me. I'd love to really, really, really love to hear what you think about these things. Are these things you think about? What do you think about? What do you want to know more about? What do you want me to pull out and really focus on in these podcasts? And I'll keep doing great interviews as well with amazing horse people. And if you'd like to get in touch with any of the amazing trainers you heard from this episode, then you can either follow the links in the show notes or you can go to the blog on my website where you can also see some photos of each of them. It's comealongfortheride.com.au And remember, I did full interviews with each of these amazing trainers. So if you haven't listened to one of them, I highly recommend you go back and have a listen. There's so much wisdom there. I'm on a mission to create a community of gentle and ethical horse people so that their horses all over the world can live a better life. This is a big mission with a wonderful message and it needs your help. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses, please engage with me somehow. You can leave a review on iTunes or Facebook, share or comment on social media posts, or tell your friends about the podcast. You'll find all of the links to our social media on our website, comealongfortheride.com.au. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll find me on LinkedIn. If your friends don't know how to podcast, send them to my website and tell them to hit play. It's the most user-friendly way to listen for anyone you know who'd love to listen but isn't quite sure how. I'd really love it if you get in touch and say hi. Let me know who you'd like to hear interviewed on the podcast. I have some wonderful people lined up to speak to, but this is your show as much as mine. So please, if there's anyone you'd like to hear from, get in touch via the website or social media. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Come Along for the Ride.